Welcome back once again to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Vincent Crown, a.k.a. PVC. Welcome to episode 26 of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'll be joined again by my podcast tag team partner, Jimmy Starr. On today's episode, Terry Frazier, who's a wrestler who made his living during the wrestling internet boom in the mid-2000s. He's a long-term friend of Jimmy Starr and Falling Star Wrestling alumni. He's an actor, stuntman, model, and after listening to this, he should definitely be a podcaster too. So, what was that, Terry? Anything else you want me to, to add? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. He's also a very handsome man too. That's Terry Frazier on the podcast today. This will be the first part of a two-part series featuring Terry. So as always, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. It's free. We're available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms that you listen to your podcasts on. And also, if you're well inclined, please give us a five-star review. So without further ado... Terry, if you're ready, Jimmy, are you ready? Let's jump straight into episode 26 of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast with Terry Frazier. Okay, so um, start the podcast, I think possibly if we can start from the very beginning, Terry, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the, the world of professional wrestling, please? Absolutely. Oh, have you made notes? Have you got notes in, uh, for this? We can call them notes, yeah. Right, so what do you know about me? Um, I know very little. That's why I got Mr. Jimmy Starr here for you. I know hey. a lot about you, Terry Fraser. And I, I'm going <laughs> to start this story now. First, right, so this is, <laughs> unfortunately, we've got to reflect to me, which is never a bad thing. No, we um, like it. I remember um, first time I ever trained in any wrestling school ever was at the Michael Sobel Center in Finsbury Park. I was 15 years of age. I'm thinking Terence uh, Fraser. UK fame, my age. Uh, UK fame, that age, boy. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I think Terence Fraser was around about three, four years old at the time. <laughs> and I, uh, we, 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 we met. He was probably one of the first people that I ever met at, um, who was had the same aspirations as me. Um, but yeah, Finsbury Park, Michael Sobel Centre. Alex Shane um, was the teacher, although he was never there. Um, he was a teacher, apparently, but he, he come in and take the money and try and sell some videos. Absolutely. And, and then someone who'd been, and then either Ash or Kerb would try and teach. <laughs> all, all equally as bad. <laughs> all equally as bad. <laughs> yeah, and I think Tom. I know Tom Chamberlain was there, but I don't quite remember. I don't quite remember meeting him, but I do remember talking to you, and I distinctly remember the conversation we had. Do you know what it was about? The not wrestling. Um, it was. It was okay. about, um, we'd both recently just seen the um, the Cactus Jack deathmatch Terry Funk thing where he, uh, in Japan, and we were, yeah. um, we were talking like Marks, just Marks, a couple of Marks. Japanese deathmatch, I loved it. You took a bump on C4, remember? I remember the rest and the ring and the and the ring sort of fired and exploded like about half, uh, the worst explosion in the world. Which was year 2001? I, you, I met no. you? That, that 2000. Show, 95. The, no, no, I met you. That, that year was... I 99. Mean, I met you in 99? 99. Okay, all right. We'll take that. That's before the millennial. That is, yeah. Yeah, so it's 99. But um, I stopped the Michael Sovell Centre. I, uh, I think we had about five or six training sessions there. And then um, I turned up one day, bearing in mind I live in Kings Inn. I had to go to Finchley Park in London 
long fucking drive, uh, long train drive, um, and a couple of tubes. Uh, I got there and it was it was never on again. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so, what um, did you ever do? <laughs> Well, that was the Finsbury Park thing. Your first foray into Perth. No, I went to NWA Hamlock. Oh dear, that was a ma- that was a mattress in a uh, <laughs> in a what do you call it? Isn't it? In a uh, fucking in, no, in a park they, somewhere. Well, I am young. I am young. Let's put that out there. I am young, but um, that was the, the big thing. I was so I was like a baby, but there it was when they had the TWC, or they was going to a big big thing in Hamlock. So the ring and it all set up and. Sin was over, the American superstar Sin, and uh, John Ryan was teaching. So, yeah, that that was about six months before Sobel happened. Okay. So when you were there, what did you – did you actually learn a little bit? Was it all right? Was the training okay? Would you call it uh, decent, substandard? What would you learn? Mm-hmm. It was uh, – it was like I learned the bumps, but I also did uh, amateur wrestling beforehand because I was – you know, once you learn, watch wrestling, like, I want to be a wrestler. How do I do it? And there was like a, an amateur wrestling school. did that. Then Hammerlock – how did Hammerlock come about? Because you wouldn't know a school – oh, no, it was when the internet was first alive and you'd type in – wrestling school and Hamlock would be the first one so I went to that uh only for a few weeks and then there was now I'm lying about it uh maybe Sobel was like a month later because it was on talk sport and they talked about the Sobel center I actually had a talk show there and that's when I found out about wrestling there in London rather than Kent because no one would drive you to Kent uh so then Hamlock then Sobel yeah Hamlock first so before the millennial I was you know and I only started watching wrestling in 98. Well, thing is, um, I I joined there in, I went there in 99, but because the school shut and I was nowhere near London, I didn't train them for another couple of years and then I went to WAW. So we didn't rekindle. Yeah. Our- no, I tell you a lot. I remember seeing you in Hammerlock. I went to one of those trainee shows and the thing next door. And that's where I, I saw you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think was I wrestling or just doing a ring job? I can't remember. No, you were wrestling. No, this is before ring jobs. This is when you was a wrestler. You had like a big perm hair and those white biker shorts and kick pads (laughs) that were down by your shin. Awful ring gear. Tell your audience about how much you've invested in pro wrestling gear. That's the question. Well, over the years, well, yeah, I've I've still got your boots. So you gave me them. That was very nice. Yeah, about Um, ten years ago. I've spoke about it on the podcast many times. um, My first set of ring gear. The the white, the white, the white tights with my ass crack hanging out constantly. The uh, trace knee pads, which everyone had, because uh, everyone had trace two knee pads. And um, I actually had a decent pair of boots. That was all. The boots were all right. Mel Stewart said they were all right, so I, I believe it. Lonsdale um, boxing ones. And yeah, box, yeah, boxing ones. And um, yeah, I can't remember who I wrestled, what I did, but I, I vaguely remember it. I don't, I, I, to be honest with you, Terry, I don't remember too much about. I did a few bits for NWA, but not a lot. Not a lot. No, um, not NWA. Drop kicks. Drop kicks. I met you at drop kicks. Oh yeah, sorry, drop kicks. Yeah, no, yeah, drop kicks. That's well, what I, I remember you doing. Because because you were like, oh, I remember you from. I'm guessing Sobel, Sobel, and then there was a brief period, uh, yeah. and then you went to drop kicks. But I would have yeah. left drop because I, I bought a ring and put it underneath a wrestling, uh, um, a wrestling arch, an arch under London. So then yeah. that was when I was gone from drop kicks, right? Yeah, you left when Scarlo left. You were a Scarlo boy. I was a Rhymer boy. So I stayed. As we can get into that. We can get into their casual racism nowadays. 
<laughs> I mean, they're right. It's just fun. Yeah, Scar- Scarlo Boyer. But yeah, because I bought that ring and then pull it underneath the thingy and then we were like, let's not go to drop piece anymore. And we were sort of doing the, the circuit then. Yeah, you yeah you, you were a little bit yeah you were a little bit ahead of, ahead of, ahead of me in terms of like getting out there and doing bits and bobs. But just for our uh, listeners, will we say by Scarlo and Rima Boy, uh, Dropkicks was founded by Tony Scarlo and Frank Rima, um, both sort of old school British wrestlers. Um, and uh, yeah, well, Scarlo was a wrestler, and Frank Rima did nothing. Some people ran off with Tony Scarlo, and some people hung about with uh, Frank Rima. Um, I didn't really fucking know or care. I didn't know you had a ring under a bridge. Otherwise, I'd have probably got there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you laugh at that. Go on. <laughs> Railway <laughs> arch. Yeah, under the arch. Under the arch. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd have quite happy gone there. Um, but uh, yeah, and I know that you wrestled for, not only did you do little bits for FWA, you did some bits for, was it SAS or something like that? SAS was a little bit, well, well, who was my first ones we were doing? Uh, who was Dixon's uh, ring guy? Who died? Who died? What's his name? He was, he, yeah, oh, fuck. Copping, 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 copping. There was oh, copping oh, shows. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was a copping boy as well. That was our, like, foray into, like, pro wrestling. We were doing, like, shows all the time for him. So we did the camps for him. And then the SAS, then the... They know like the the internet shows like IPW and stuff like that. You enjoy it. So, what do you reckon of the camps when you got on the camp? I loved it. Mm. But then we but we were kids because we you know it's different now. You you had ECW the early days of Ring of Honor, so we were doing all spots and all that, burning ourselves out. But so like the first year you were like doing you know brawl brain matches for forty minutes, and then the next year you were like, all right, let's just do ten minutes of yay boos. Well, even the thing is even even going back to the dropkick stuff. And um, it, would be, it would be like, right, you, Frank would be like, right, so you're on first, Jimmy. You'll be doing uh, eight, ten-minute rounds, going to a draw. I was like, I'm wrestling Ugh. for 50 minutes. <laughs> 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 and there's like fucking, I, I, and, and yeah, I was bumped and jumped. And I was called Jumping Jimmy Star. I never left my feet, so I had to start learning <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I was like five foot five because I was a kid. And like weighed about ten stone, and I wanted to be a main event heavyweight superstar. So they were like, oh, "You're the you're, you're the lightweight or bantamweight, whatever it's called." I was like, "Oh no, but I like American wrestling. This is shit." So I was I was I was doing like the main event styles. I'm like, "Yeah, my finish is a choke slam, of course," and I'd believe it. <laughs> being like twelve, like yeah, yeah, this is it. You're going down for it. Yeah. But, yeah, but I met you properly in who was his name? Oh, fuck the other guy's name. The shit ring. Oh, Fremantle. Fremantle, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the last one I did. That's the last one I did because he I broke his ring, didn't I? From bumping, you did break his ring, yeah. That was that was a show where where I wrestled. Who did I wrestle? I can't remember who I wrestled. I remember wrestling him before and him taking the piss out of me about two or three, four years before that. And I vowed if I ever wrestled again, wrestled him again, who the fuck was it? I vowed boy. I was going to fucking get my receipt on him, and I toe punted him. Carl, Carl, something in it? No. All right, it's not know. interesting for the the, the the audience. Sorry, and it's like that ain't interesting for the audience. But I did. I who did, did I wrestle though? You wrestled. Oh, that old. What was his name? <laughs> 
So I was I was a big boy then, and I may have been, you know, supplementing. I know you've got to be a big boy. I was supplementing then. And he was like, you want to wrestle this guy? I was like, don't care. And I bumped him around because like, he did the, you know, the, the bump on the feet and then they fall back slowly to protect themselves. And I was shit him all over the shop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He, I remember now. He was, a, he was one of those local heroes of Worthing. <laughs> Worthing, the assembly halls in Worthing. Yeah. You know, I actually did their last ever show there a few years back. That was that Don't Do Wrestling there anymore. Um, which is, um, I don't know, I think they knocked it down because it was a shithole, but it was a, yeah, it was a main staple for wrestling for about 50 years. <laughs> but we got, we, got, we got friends there or were we friends beforehand? What's that? Well, that we knew each other, but when did I become friends, friends with you? Was it that, 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 that show? Uh, we had just had, it was me, you, Martin Stone, and we drove, I drove us down there, and we just had a fucking giggle, like, we just, yeah. we just had a, having a laugh, because we both, we'd all been in the business about five, six years then, so we still quite liked it, and we were just having laugh, a laugh, and just, like, doing what all wrestlers do, and tearing. Well, you say tearing, that, I mean, you say five, up. six years, I was, like, ten years in by that time. Was you? I mean, yeah, okay. if I started, what, 98, 99? Such a crap concept of time, mate. I don't know. Honestly, no, no, I just that. Like, general people go like, oh, you know, because I was their age. I started so young. People were like, oh, you know, we were there five years. I'm like, oh, I've already been in it, like, 10 years. I think I never matched for the first couple of years. So I was, like, a legit child. Yeah, that's the problem. It's a problem, it's a problem I have with, with kids when they come and train. They might be good, but they look like kids. And a grown man beating the dog shit out of a kid doesn't seem <laughs> no, a no. family show. So yeah, yeah. It, you had, and I mean that's one of those things probably do you know that 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 you can sort of apply over to to younger wrestlers like you know it's hard for a promoter to sit there and put a young kid on the show no matter how good he was because I know you'd have been talented. Yeah, no, obviously, yeah, and I've seen much younger kids now doing things on shows, and it's it's okay, I guess, as like a sort of if if you sort of group it as that, but yeah, I was literally a child, and like you know as much as they masked it, I was like. And the artful dodger, I think the character was, where I was like a chimney sweep. Like as much as you like, now kids are just like, I'm a wrestler and I'm like 14. It's like, all right, okay. Like I was like a 13 year old kid wrestling, which is fine. But yeah, you and it was a different time where the big boys were around, you know, everyone was like 16, 17 stone. And I would just get shit canned the whole time. And everyone, and I just remember everyone was horrible to each other. Apart, you had your closer group, uh, uh, close sort of friends with your... Ilk or your sort of generation. Yeah, we, 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 we were the London gang, most definitely our, our, our group. You know, your Greg Burrages, your Martin Stones and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I was lucky. I got, I got around quite a bit because the, the one thing that I was fairly lucky with is I got on the all-star circuit quite early. So I sort of got to but go... But you was, you was the sort of Nick Aldis, Marty Scrunny gang though, weren't you? I was, yeah. Nick Aldis, yeah. Marty uh, do they have that sort of gang now like groups of like these boys because we loved it so like as much as so I only go to schools that Greg Burridge's Lucha Britannia school and yeah. I feel that that's not a slant on the, the kids today but we were so hungry and it and it I mean we just loved it do you know what I mean so we was just consuming you know going to shows that we're doing shows on the weekend but then we'd all meet up during the week and go to like a boxing gym and you know have a little tear around around there even when we were kids yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. I think I think what what's definitely what definitely annoys me is like when I when I put a show on is when like you've booked four kids 
who uh, live within four miles of each other and they all turn up in four different cars. And you think, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, we're just bundling whoever had a car, like, bundling on an old Ford Corsa. Uh, sorry, Corsa. Ford Fiesta. Fucking legs and arms hanging out the window and just having a right old laugh. I would leave like Friday night and be back like Sunday, you know, Monday morning. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Just, you've just gone. Yeah, and then. But anyway, that makes, that makes us sound old, you know, still young. But yeah, it just, yeah, it was, it's just a different time. But anyway, yeah, I was a young wrestler, but and I was very small. But I was still going gym, and I was trying to, you know, get as big as I can because I wanted to be a main event superstar. That was the dream. Um, but yeah, I don't think kids should be wrestling when they're sort of underdeveloped and all that sort of stuff. No, no, definitely not. They should, they, you got to, you got to look, you got to have a presence. You got to have some Absolutely. sort of presence. But also love it. If, if like I, people believed, you've got to believe that you can do. You know, you're hard. You believe, you know, hundred percent belief in what you could do as well. That helps a lot because like, I was going to locker rooms quite confident. You know, at sixteen in an all star locker room, and you know, you got the chemical cowboys who were both twenty two stone and just fucking roided up to their eyeballs. And yet, I had to be confident. So that 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 is, it's much more um, all inclusive now. I think, which is good. I think, I think, yeah, it is in a way, but I think, I think you, you, I think it built a strength of character where with 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 the with the sort of maybe our generation and the generations before. I mean, every every generation, they yeah, it gets easier, yeah, has got easier, and, and there'll be people who say that our generation was was real easy, but no one ever cut anyone some slack. If they could swallow you up, they would. So you needed oh, to, yeah. you needed to fucking know that you go out there and and, and put on a show. And you needed yeah. to take your spots, and you needed to know when to take your moments, because otherwise they'd just eat your life. They wouldn't tell you what they would, you know. I remember it wasn't didn't happen to me, but I remember um, a certain wrestler whose last name rhymes with flowers um, <laughs> wrestling uh, Nick Aldis and doing it in a uh, they would have some rounds match. It was the premiere, and um, they had a, a, a filth set out the match, and and Nick was like, yeah, no worries. And then just as he got in the ring, while we were in the ring, he said, whoever the ref was, um, I can't remember who the ref was. I think it might have been Steve Gray. Phil Powers went over to him and said, all right, what were we going to do in round two? Tell Nick to do in round four. What were we going to do in round six? Tell him to do in round one. And what we just to fuck with him. And uh, I mean, that, that was always happened at the Rumbles where you'd say like, you'd be going out or you tell the winner, or no, you tell somebody who's to do, you tell somebody who's going to win the Rumble, somebody who's like, you know, their first couple of shows, and they'd be yeah. like, they'd be fighting their life because they knew they was in the final four. And you'd be like, shit, carrying them out. And they'd be like, no, that's not how it goes. <laughs> I'm not going to be hanging on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's say it's easy. I was a bully. Let's let's not pretend it. I bullied people. Yeah, well, you you were, yeah, you could in be a friendly a way. Yeah, I was never in stiff. A... I was never stiff. I was never stiff. Clumsy no, sometimes. You were stiff as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, bullying wise I could be stiff but never in the work yeah that's just friendly uh, banter though isn't it would, just back, before banter was a name it was banter it was banter that, yeah it was when <laughs> yeah, it was back before it was bullying it was just banter 
But hold on, I've told you, no, I've told you nothing, Kara. Started, have I? Hold on, Sean, you've got notes, have you? So what, what, what are we doing? What, what's the questions? I've, no, I've, I'm, 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 I'm happy for you guys just to have a, a free form conversation. I mean, this is sort of a bit of a departure as to what we normally do on the podcast. It's normally like question answer, but you guys are just free flowing, and I'm just kind of sitting back with a with a cup of tea, kind of enjoying what you guys are talking about. But well, I don't, you, I don't like that. Come on. If you want to start from the beginning, you know, um, you mentioned starting really, really early. You were, you were super small, and you know, you had a you, you had a goal to, to be the big man, to, to choke slam big dudes. Can you take us through that? How you got into wrestling? What really grabbed you? Yeah, okay. Um, so I watched wrestling like everyone did when they were kids and you played in you know, your front room. Then I sort of grew out of it, like everyone did around 10-ish or 11-ish. And this is the old McWarrior, um, that era, Hulk Hogan sort of stuff. And I grew out of it. Then I remember seeing uh, my neighbour had some Valentine's Day Massacre. Right, so what year is that? And it was Big Show versus um, Stone Cold versus uh, Vince McMahon. And I was like, all right, I like it. February 1999, that's where McMahon took the bump off the cage, broke his ass. So I must have started wrestling, so that's not 98 I started. I started straight after, February. so that's February 1999. I must have started wrestling in Hammerlock then, March. like the next. So I watched that, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a wrestler. Like there was no no one questioned that. So I was like, all right, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. So from then, so I watched that February, that was on, you know, channel four. Then I must have started Hammerlock. Then I must have had a couple of weeks off and then there was one in London. Uh, so it's closer to me. Then I went to, um, that went to, yeah, Sobo Center, FWA, London. Um, and I was just a kid for that. Yeah, I was really young, about 12. Um, yeah, and I was just gun ho gun ho And then that was like the next, five, six, seven years, I was just consuming all the wrestling, going to different wrestling schools, consuming wrestling, loving it more than anything, and then just trying to get on as many shows as I could. But I didn't get on the shows maybe till 2001 or two, because I was so small. Uh, and then when you start doing the camps, I think that was when I started doing it. I mean, my first match, I was like in, in, a, in a field with a 12-foot boxing ring. Do you know what I mean? That was my first like match. I was just like, I just consumed it. I was just, as much as I could get my hands on wrestling, training, anything like that I was, I was all over it there was uh, there was a lot more um tin pots back then i seem to remember like i don't know you know i i, I mean there was a lot more of the old guard slowly with like the first shows i was going to was like scott conway's and i was doing rumbles for scott conway before he went to thailand yeah. and they were like fucking they were like a thousand people in, in the audience i mean people like say that there's a there's a boom and i was like fwa and all stars and things like that but like there was a period where I don't know, maybe it was a little bit later than that. Maybe it was sort of like 2004 or five, maybe, yeah. where I'd be doing shows for people like Pete Stanenthorpe and there'd be like right. three people yeah. there. And like, wrestling's quite popular again now. Like, you tend to go to a show and there's normally at least a draw. Whether the wrestling's any good or not is a different question, but there's at least a draw. If you half know what, you, what you're doing, you can draw now. But there, there was a period that I, I did some shows um, up north for some guy who would it would literally just draw like 12, 13 people at a time. Yeah. And it was just people doing their bollocks constantly. There was a hell of a lot of them. And Johnny Stormer was always on them and people like that. Of course. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like she charged them about 400 quid for it. Um, you know. And I don't know. So I, so I think, because I, I think I was a little bit earlier than you. So I had the sort of 1PWs, like the gang I was with, they were doing 1PW. So I was getting, you know, when they went to 101 wrestling, we were getting like 
fifty to 2,000 people. Scott Conway did a bit for, and we were getting 1,000 to 2,000. So I think I had like a very easy way. Then it sort of like petered out. Well, then I started doing the internet shows and they were like three, 400 people of like intense wrestling fans rather than, and even when I was doing the camps, you were getting over 1,000. You thought it was a bad, bad yeah. number of 1,000. If you if you did if you did a Dixon if you did anything for Dixon you were you weren't getting less than you you were getting between sort of three four hundred for a whole show and then the camps would be thousands I mean if you did mine head so I never I, yeah I only did uh, the camps the Butlins thing but I only did Butlins for for Dixon I was coughing so we had the South Coast run but yeah we would get you know so yeah that was when it was bad but you you still get a thousand you know the year before previous like Butlins was about fifteen hundred to two thousand right. Yeah, 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 and the mine, the minehead one. If they had like a big act on, like I remember, we were there one. Say me a name, like, come on, James, come on, give me a name. Who, who was the, 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 the light, light entertainment artist? So it, it, no, no, it wasn't like it weren't it weren't about it weren't the, the Chuggle Brothers or, uh, or 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 Keith Harrison Orville. It was it was uh, <laughs> it was McFly when they were quite popular. And um, they set up the big there because they have a big arena there. They set up WWE go there, I think. And uh, about six, eight thousand, and that was Dave. That was round for the wrestling in the afternoon. Yeah, shitload of people. If it's free, they'd come and watch it. And it well, was, I, uh, I was Danny McFly, wasn't I? I was Danny McFly when I wrestled for All Star. Did you know that? No, that's my that was my name because I was like young. Yeah, I, I, I was. Uh, they, they, I think they let me be Jimmy Star apart from once where they fucked the, the program up, and I was Brandon T. And Brandon T was um, Tom, Tom Latimer, you know? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He just couldn't, he just weren't there for that show. So I was Brandon T that day. They got a really nice that day. So yeah, I was quite lucky. Like my early ones was in front of thousands of people. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like my, fir- my first uh, uh, abroad job was in Italy. And it, and it had like Jody Flasher and all that sort of stuff. It was like a sort of mixing. And it had 20,000 people. So the first like two, three years, I was wrestling in front of 20,000 people. Was that Rikishi's promotion? No, no, that, no, no, that was IC, that was ICW. No, that, this is before that. This is like 2002. Uh, it was like a mixed martial arts. It was like a stiff ring. So they had like uh, Muay Thai fights and all that sort of stuff. But they had like a, a few matches spliced in with wrestling, pro wrestling. That was through um, Rob, not Roberto. Uh, oh, fuck his name. Anyway, yeah, a guy that I worked ICW. I think it was the ICW company. I can't remember what Rikishi's won. NW. What was Rikishi's one called? Doesn't matter. Yeah, it was. But it, it wasn't. Yeah, it was NWE. It wasn't NWE. It was ICW, an Italian company. But they put us in, and yeah, so like twenty thousand for my like twentieth match. So yeah, I was, I was quite lucky. So and I, I know you. Um, as uh, sort of time time went on, you became a uh, like I say a bit of a sort of darling with the internet crew. With um, uh, what was your tag team name again? Charles. Yeah, the cartel. I was in a tag team called the cartel. Yeah, and that when, road, yeah, but then, but then, but then, like you know, you do the the sort of broad uh, shows like your all stars or your you know the camps, and you'd get a thousand, you know, a thousand. But then when you did the internet shows, there were like two hundred to three hundred people. So it was like a weird. You weren't yet to get over with the internet audience, but then you got you more shows. But then I, you know, I'm not going to say I didn't do like fifty people and a dog in a, in a hall in Birmingham. Do you know what I mean? I did those sort of those sort of shows. Uh, but that was because I had a name on the internet, and they'd book you through that through MySpace. That was the day. Yeah, back in the well, so I, yeah, but also with with the um, Rev, Rev Pro audience, the thing 
Think about that. You go do an all-star show in front of 1,500 people and, and the fucking crowd would go ballistic for a, for a headlock. And then you'd have to go and do Rev Pro in front of like 250, yeah, 300. That was the IPW, yeah. You'd have to kill yourself. Well, but I, to be honest with you, I never... That's one market I never broke into. Yeah, I'll no, yeah, I'll put stuff in there. Like, it, well, it's a different audience, but they 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 pop and they make noise. It's just a de- different pace of match. I feel. No right or wrong. It's just it's either it's it's what you're tailored at, and you were you were a very diverse wrestler. And, and actually, I've had the pleasure of wrestling you were twice, three no three three two, two well, one match we had was really good. One match we had was a corker. Uh, one, uh, do you remember the, the first match we had? Remember what you did to what's me? The, what, what's the one I trod on you? <laughs> no. What it was, we were having a nice match. It was going lovely. No lovely. problem. Lovely work with him. On the fly, going to town. Go on. All right, safe as houses. Everything was fine. I was bumping. You were bumping. We were, you, were doing, you were a baby face. You were doing backflips. And um, we were brawling outside. And you said to me, set me in the wall and give me a clothesline. Sent you in the what? Did exactly what you told me to. I listened to you. You were the fair. Rock and Austin. Yeah, of course. Take a back bum, bush. Come out. You, what? You sent me. I sent you into the wall. I clotheslined you. You hung on my arm for dear life and then fell on my <laughs> ankle. <laughs> and, I, and I actually heard it. That's the only time I've ever heard a bone go snap. And I thought, oh dear. I'm, and then I oh, said, this match, this match, you fucked my ankle. And then you went, all right, and put me in the ankle lock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I have yeah. shoelace. I mean, yeah. So, so I, so I had a good run when I first like the first ten years. The when I came back for like the last five years or so, I was so bad to people. I just didn't care. I was so stiff to people. I was like protecting. I didn't take a bump. I think for about a year. Uh, so I'm sorry, James. I bet it was good though on video. When it, no, no, that that was when you were still enjoying that was a it. Good one. Oh, oh okay. We had we had no we had a good match we had a good match once where just before Nick went to TNA we did a little show like a send off show thing I mean you wrestled on that and we had a good match that was a nice match yeah I'm sorry James there's nothing wrong with that I would have loved to have wrestled you more but you quit and I, I carried on so <laughs> I, and, I didn't, and I didn't like bumping on the floor but I like the idea I like the visual I like the visual <laughs> of bumping on the wall and coming out yeah 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 I just didn't like the visual of my ankle pointing at my face. I love you, James. I'm sorry, Jim. Do you forgive me? I forgive you, mate. No, it was a, it was a, it was an accident. You were you were. Yeah, no, you I wasn't. Were, I, I protected myself. I held you down, so I've got less of a bump. The thing, the thing is, though, I will give this. I, I, well, I'll give all you all the credit in the world. You're 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 um, erudite. You're handsome. You're funny. You're everything. But you also, I uh, used to like the way there's always a legend of Terry Fraser where you would just walk into a dressing room and go, mm, tonight I'm going to be Kurt Angle and you'd wrestle right. exactly like Angle. Or tonight I'm going to be Steve Austin and you'd wrestle exactly like Steve Austin. And you would, like, it weren't no fucking about. You genuinely would. And like a character I, workshop. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. You could do it. You genuinely were a, like you could. You could do anything. You could, you, uh, uh, you know, cut a good promo. You had an awesome look. You're a good-looking yeah. guy. You, you know, we go into your other uh, career endeavor as a as as a, as a model and 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 um, you know and being in TV and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, you've had success there. You know, this is why I did the podcast to put me over. I love it, Jim. <laughs> See, I told you I would. 
You had to wait so, no, 24 episodes for it, but I told you I would. Yeah, uh, that was okay. Do you know that the, you see all these like podcasts and shoot interviews, and they're saying like, you know, the day you stop loving it, you shouldn't be doing it. Like I knew that that so that was not near the end, like mid time, uh, and I was doing other things and getting attention from other things, and then I was like, I just wasn't nervous. I was going out there. I just wasn't. I didn't didn't care. So that I was trying to put like hurdles to kind of make me do court that like, challenge me. Do you know what I mean? Like when I was doing the Trey Fraser gimmick or whatever, like the knee machine gimmick or whatever, I was so focused and I just needed to change it. I was just, I was just bored. I was just, so that's why I did all those weird stuff or like even to rib it in the match. Uh, Cause it, not that I learned everything, but just, I, I was getting complacent and that's an awful thing. And that's why wrestling is great. Cause you can evolve and all that sort of stuff and, and challenge yourself and you can be a different person each, each match. That's why I did it. Also, I'm a narcissist. And I want to prove how great I am. Go on. But you were, you were good, and and the thing is, like, I think the I think the one thing from our era is there wasn't that many, there wasn't as many opportunities, nowhere near, nowhere no. near. You, you had you Paul ne- Virtual WWE, and that was it. Yeah, that's or it. Hay- and- Hay- Hay- Banson. I, I always remember Hayden Banson, and people don't remember Hayden Banson. So I started off with him in you know before before the decade, and he was so talented, and he went to WWE, and just got released. Do you know what I mean? Because he like, I think the story is saying about Undertaker, a pay per view. Like he was, he was, he was in good shape, charismatic. And I was like, oh, is that is that the business? Like somebody's, you know, different place, different time. Hey, Banson would have been a main event superstar in WWE, and now you know, no one knows who he is in wrestling. So, you know, somebody you know, your, your fans might know. But um, I was just like, yeah, fuck this. You know what I mean? Like, how dare somebody treat you? And that's the entertainment industry in a in a, in a nutshell. But like. He was so good and just lost, lost in the mix. And like I'm, you know, and not that I'm a thing that I'm remembered because I'm not remembered. But then, you know, people nowadays won't be remembered. You know what I mean? It is a it is a constant cycle. I mean, even the internet's a great thing. You know, I was there in the infancy of the internet, and you know, forums will talk about you and all that sort of stuff. But you've forgotten about it in five, ten years. So that was a sort of I, I I've never had to think about leaving a legacy. I didn't really care about that. So I just had fun. There we have it, ladies and gents, Terry Frazier on the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. And as I said in the intro, we will catch up with Terry on the next installment of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. So if you haven't already, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? That's right. Please subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you listen to it on, whether it's Spotify, Apple or Google or whichever. You know, you might have a little indie app that you like to use. I use Podcast Republic for instance. You can also leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you listen, and you can find us on social media. It's at Falling Star Wrestling. You can find Jimmy Star on Facebook. It's at Jimmy Star Wrestler. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram. It's at PVC Pro Wrestler. So we'll see you next week, same time, same place, for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. See you later.